What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. This podcast really hits home, Joey, because we spent so much time with the man, Nelson Nash. His book, Becoming Your Own Banker, his book, Building Your Wellhouse for Wealth, is what brought us together in a way that has us talking on this podcast right now. I'm so grateful that we get a chance to share those lessons, but also get to just highlight him to our audience who maybe have not heard some of the things that he thought about, the way he thought about things, but then how those things have reflected and been used for our journey to becoming financially free, not only us, but also our coaches. No doubt. Yeah. I I think it's an awesome opportunity for us to slow down as Nelson would have done himself and to think like, when you think about the people that have impacted your life the most, it, it, it gives a great honor to be able to stop and then to talk about that out loud because you're now sharing experiences that, Many of you maybe have never met Nelson. You've heard us talk about him. You've heard us talk about the impact he's had. And obviously, infinite banking is his brainchild. And it's the the way in which he's impacted the world the most, perhaps. But you now get to hear the things that we experienced individually when we were sitting across the table with him eating a hamburger or when we were um, at his funeral, like getting to share insights like that and the things that were said about him and the things the way he, his life was lived that now you can take away from that. That's why this episode is special. Yeah. You can, you can take that and make it your own. We expand upon our mindset, the opportunities and the legacy in this podcast. I think it's an opportunity for you to Think about how those things are working in your life. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're just on the very, very beginning of your journey to becoming financially free. And you need to get on one of the, uh, get on a call with one of our coaches. You can go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call and determine whether or not infinite banking is a, a fit for you. Determine was you whether you should be inside of our inner circle or inside of our passive income mastermind. All those things can be answered on that phone call. But I hope you'll enjoy this interview as we break it down, as we reflect on the life of Nelson Nash and how it impacted us and so many more. Joey, the old saying in the South is, man, let's pull our chairs up and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, Don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. 
Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow-through guy just didn't seem so cool. But enough about me for a second. Let me introduce you to my co-host, the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Russ. I couldn't even get that out of my mouth today because I was so focused on the Sicilian queen who has the <laughs> same type of car that you do, whose license plate says, Joey. Yeah. Okay. You have to explain that for anybody that has not been in the inner circle and didn't hear the story. You have to at least explain what you're talking about. Well, a, a few years ago, I took the liberty of buying Joey a little car tag that goes around his actual tag that says the Italian stallion with the little, you know, Italian flag on it. Yes. And yesterday or not yesterday, a couple of days ago, I'm sitting in line at the bank Another black Tahoe, just like Joey, sitting right in front of me. And the license plate says, Joey. And then it, it has the same Italian flag on it. But below it says, Sicilian Queen. <laughs> I thought, did Joey get Jessica a matching car? <laughs> uh, I did not. Um, so apparently, I've got a, a maybe a close relative nearby that I didn't know, know about, man. But. You have, this is like somebody that is an avid fan of the show was like, <laughs> look, I want my car tag to just prop up the stallion. And I'm willing to be a Sicilian queen. Like I'm just saying, Jessica better watch out. She got, she got competition. out there. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put her, her mind at ease later. Uh, yeah. Well, queen Joey is coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's not our topic today. Thankfully, we, we were talking about something else that's changed our life, like a man named Nelson Nash, the author of the Becoming Your Own Banker book, something that has been the infrastructure for everything that we do, the way that we build um, our cash in a place that we can then go buy cash flowing assets. And today's topic is, is really talking about what were some of the things that he did to change our life. So Joey, from you, what what was the first takeaway? And I'll, I'll tell you this, um, my life would be no, I mean, could not be more different basically, uh, without the influence of become your own banker and Nelson Nash, I would have been stuck. I would have been stuck continuing in that, um, uh, idea that man income is, is, financial freedom or financial success, higher income and, and being stuck on this hamster wheel probably would have lost my wife and kids mm. in a, in a divorce. And it would have been like oblivious to me because I'm just slow like that. But having his, his influence literally changed the trajectory of my life to do what we're doing now and to have impact on people all over the world. Um, I mean, there's a lot more to that story, but that's just the immediate thing that just hits me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I, I want to come back and unpack that, but let's, let's get to the, the greatest coaches in the, in the nation on this very subject matter that Nelson has taught us, which is infinite banking to your left. I got a true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I would have only known you earlier, I'd been so much richer says everybody, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. 
Nice to see you earn. Nice to be seen. Man, this is a topic that I want to talk about. Mm. This is amazing subject to me. Preach on, man. Let's go. So Nelson Nash, he passed away a few years ago. And in life, he was an amazing mentor. Uh, but I, I thank the Lord that he has passed away because now he's an amazing model mm. in my life. I can look at a full life well-lived and there's so much to be taken from there. And I'll just say one of those things for me is we heard him say all the time, if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. It's like, hey, that's a great, great concept, great idea. But as I look back on his life and think about what it looked like to see Nelson Nash living, he was a man who walked around pretty confident in what he was doing. Mm. He had learned some very foundational principles in his life. And the first that he would tell you is the internal importance of having a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And if you haven't gotten that, we need to start there. And then the principles from history and economics and infinite banking that he stood on and built his life around. And now that his family is reaping the benefits of what an amazing model in life. No, no doubt. I totally agree. I love every bit of that. All right. So let's get to your right. The retiree of the group, Mr. Catch me if you can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna. He's right. He's dropping gold nuggets on us right here. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. You know, you, you almost said like driving. And I, I guess that that's the great segue there is, you know, Nelson changed my life because if it hadn't have been for Nelson, I'd still be driving airplanes all over the world. Mm. And I, I wonder, you know, if you were driving airplanes all over the world, would you be engaged right now? Ooh, no, no. Yeah. Way I to mean, make it even, even more poignant. Right. I mean, I just think like there's so many little things, right? Some of the people that, we, we've we've met over the years, the things that we've done, I, I, I guarantee I would have never met Ernie, right? Because we would have probably never been in a position to create our own company and would have never had an opportunity to to, to have Ern come connect with us, JD, the same way. I, I would have gotten to meet you, but probably wouldn't have near the relationship, right, Mark? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we talked sparingly before, um, for the whole infinite banking concept was something that was very big and influential in my life. You know, I probably wouldn't have come to Hawaii as many times right? <laughs> to have, to have some of those deeper conversations. I think there, there's lots of little things that we were at the conference. And one of the things, one of the speakers said and, and challenged the group on was the concept of having the first domino in your life. Like who was, or what was the first domino that led to so many other things? And I, I look back to January 2009 in the first domino to us sitting right here on this podcast, me talking to all of you about this concept was Nelson Nash sharing for 15 minutes in front of about 350 financial advisors, CPAs, um, financial planners, and so forth, a concept on called becoming your own banker. That was the first domino for me. And it's, it's led to so much that I, I think it's really important. So 
Joey, obviously the question is, why is this a topic that we're covering right now? Why is this so important? Well, I think part of it is to memorialize a great man, as Ernie mentioned, a model for us. I think it is for those of you who never had the chance to sit at the lunch table and, um, you know, take in all of the things that, you know, Nelson was, we want to share that. Like we want to, we want to give you some of those things that are gifts to us that we were able to spend that time with him. Um, as he, as he picked up his coffee cup and would be in the middle of talking and really he never, ever actually drank the coffee. He would just hold it up to his mouth and then he would bring it back down and keep talking. And then he would laugh and he would pull it up close and he'd bring it back down. Never actually once drinking the coffee, but he loved to come and pour the coffee Mm. and then sit down with us. But anyways, I think it's to memorialize somebody. I think it's to, to pass on the gifts that we've been given. And I think it's to continue to grow and learn from those experiences. Well, and I will say this too, if you didn't know Nelson Ash, you've never read his book or books, right? Because he had multiple books. Becoming Your Own Banker is the one that's most known, but his building his building your warehouse of wealth, I think has a lot of practical application within it. And it's oftentimes not talked about as much. But even if you've never read those books, you don't understand what any of this means. What is it that we can learn from someone who created an amazing legacy, one willing, one great enough that the four of us would be willing to talk about and make a whole podcast episode? I think there's things that you can get out of this. One, mindset. Two, opportunity. And three, legacy. So let, let's break that down, if you guys will. Let's let's talk about some of the mindset things that we've gotten or got through our interactions with Nelson or through reading some of his items that he created earn well i joey you just said something about him holding up his coffee heard about that many times do you remember the time at one of those lunches when he wanted some coffee and he talking to me was like boy where's my coffee do you remember that joey i do i do that was uncomfortable (laughs) but i just realized it's because he was probably at a moment where he was looking for dramatic pause and he was going to hold up his cup of coffee that I left in the microwave (laughs) and he needed it. And so he just had to, he had to call me out. I never thought about the reason for him doing that. It's all, it was for effect. So I, I mentioned he was a man who, who walked around like he knew what was going on and was acting accordingly. One of the things there is, it was amazing how towards the end of his life, which I, I knew him beginning in 2016, he passed away a few years later. So towards the end of his life, he was still bringing into our office new ideas, primarily around history, right? And he was constantly being willing to share. His mindset was to continue to equip his people to better grasp the truth. Because if he could tell people the truth, then the people who heard it would be able to do something with the truth and improve their lives at it as it had improved his. So I, I think that's that's one implication of his mindset. Uh, when I think about his mind, like mindset as it relates to Nelson, as you kind of just piggybacking on what you just said there, Ern, is he asked so many questions 
that he forced you to think. You know, he he loved the concept of thinking about your thinking, right? Yes. Before you do anything, think, and then think about your thinking. And for somebody as impatient as I am, who just wants answers, who wants to just go fast, that challenged my mindset. That challenged my patience. That created something in me that was not what the world normally wants to provide, right? We're, we're so spoon-fed instant gratification right now with everything. Everything's on demand, right? Like we send an email from one device to the other so we can do something with it on that device and we're pissed when it takes five seconds. It's like, that's amazing. But so the mindset to, to just be willing to be still and to ask questions, to think about our thinking to me, expands our mindset so much. And trying to do that now, trying now observing people who will take time to not respond immediately when you ask them a question, to challenge you to think deeper. And I think about that as a business owner. What's the value in not answering someone's question? What's the value as us as coaches is not immediately answering someone's question, right? Like, are we really being helpful? You think about that in mercy, right? We serve on mercy committees sometimes in our in our churches. When someone comes and just asks for money, is the is the best thing just to give money, or is the best thing to maybe challenge and to help them think, right? How do I get out of this situation in the future? What is it that caused me to be in a situation? No matter what it is, I think that is a mindset item I've taken away. What's something, well, Mark, that you've taken away from a mindset? Yeah, finding. Finding more and more opportunities to not just kind of blindly accept people's answers, uh, right? So mindset of of being being more intentional of, of what I'm thinking about, how I'm thinking about it, because you know you, you hit it there. Is uh, Nelson doesn't didn't or didn't answer questions. I remember hopping on on one lunch meeting and I had one specific question and I was so excited. I'm sitting there. You guys are unpacking lunch. Like I'm watching from Zoom in Hawaii and I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. This, this is my chance, right? You know, because you know, it's five hours, you know, <laughs> later or whatever. So I'm I'm up early. I make this moment and I ask my question and he goes, hmm. That's a good, yeah, it's an interesting question. And then just left it. <laughs> I thought he said something like, hey, you need to talk to Russ about that. It, it was, or it was something. Big, I was like, oh. That yeah, it was, right it was pretty there. much like, yeah, you know, well, you, you should really figure out how to answer that question yourself. Right. Um, <laughs> which, which when you stop and you think about it, I was, I was just remembering, I remember as a kid asking my mom, how do I spell that word? And she would invariably say, well, why don't you look it up? And it's trying to change the mindset of just, just asking for the handout versus, hey, why don't you go and get some level of self-sufficiency? and uh, move on and find that answer and then quality control it. And be like, hey, this is what I found. Does this sound right? This podcast is amazing. Almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge. 
at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Well, so let me ask you a question. How do you guys feel like that applies specifically to what we're talking about with financial freedom, right? Like think about someone who's trying to create passive income that exceeds their monthly expenses. How does, ex how does not just spoon feeding them the information help them get there faster? How does this apply? Earn. Well, Joey, at some point we got to let you say something. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to look like that bird from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Petey? Petey. Oh, right. your head's about to explode. <laughs> I, well, I think it applies to not just creating financial freedom, but we really want to see, I want to see myself and everybody that I get the privilege to help live in financial freedom. And you can create it by accident, but to become the person and understand what it took and what it takes to live financially free is a completely different ballgame. And it's something that you have to own. If you're going to become your own banker, you need to understand these things. And it's one thing to be given the answer. It's another thing to go and find the answer. Mm. Joey, what's your thoughts on this? So I, I want to go, I don't know if we're still on the whole mindset thing, but just as a, as a precursor to the show, we asked our inner circle members, what's one thing you learned from Nelson Nash? And I think it's pretty telling that the first comment is, got me to thinking. He got me to thinking, right? That's Chris Vondra. Uh, ben, ben talked about his influence. Um, Matthew talked about how it's changed the lives of him, not only himself, but his son and potential grandchildren from a legacy perspective. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But a lot of these comments had to do with, he made me think differently about money. And, and the, uh, it is very common for Nelson to say, it's all about how you think. And I think, in, as you mentioned, Russ, in today's day and time, that is, that is so foreign, how you think, thinking about your thinking, slowing down, taking time. But it, it's also, to Ernie's point, it made him so much more confident because he did slow down and he did think about what he was doing. Um, and I, and I, there's just so much wisdom that came from that for me. It doesn't necessarily mean that, I, that I've implemented that very well. Okay. I still hang around with Russ too long, but I, I want to learn how to think about my thinking and spend the time doing those things because of his, his influence and his impact. Well, I'm blanking on the author's name right now. What was the author that that he would open up a lot of his workshops with? And he, it was about kind of the the greatest secret or Nightingale? Earl? Yes, Earl Nightingale, yeah. right? And the concept behind that was, you know, the you are what you think about <laughs> all day long, right? So what are the things that we're thinking about? Mindset, right? Are we thinking about the items that are popping up as advertisements all over our, our screens? Is that what's occupying our time? Are we filling up our time with hours of social media, hours of Netflix? If so, we're going to be thinking about the things that those, 
the, the those items are producing. But if we're thinking and listening to podcasts just like this, we're thinking about financial freedom. We're thinking about changing our own destinies in the in the in the futures of our grandchildren, Matthew. That provides something for us that is expanding our mindset, which then leads to our second point today, which is expanding opportunity. Because without having taken advantage of these things, how many of these businesses, Joey, would we have right now? I mean, we have a short-term rental business. We have a land flipping business. We have an insurance company. We have an information company. We have, we have mastermind groups. How many yeah. of those businesses would have existed had we not probably been exposed to this early on to just give us the ability to take action. Yeah, there's no doubt we would have we would have never been to where we are today. And and it became, I think again, the first step, which is the book that outlines putting money into your control, it makes all the difference uh, because it then causes you to think. If we're going to continue on this idea of the mindset, if you don't have money in your control, you don't think about what to do with money. It's just well, a simple, simple concept. Mark, you were, you were talking about that very thing about um, when you have no money control. It, it, expound upon that a little bit. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy going to the bank and asking for money. It's <laughs> a great experience. Uh, you know, I, I, I love watching trees get cut down in front of me as we're just, you know, printing off pages and pages of nonsense. And it, it, it really is, it, it really was super telling because if, if I don't have, if, if I have to go to someone else and ask for their permission and prove to them why they should lend me their money, then I, I really don't have control versus if I've stored my cash in my own system, then now all of a sudden I only have to answer two questions. How much and where do I want it sent? I don't have to give a prospectus. I don't have to give W-2s or tax statements or 1099 forms or you know any of that other stuff. And so all of a sudden, I now have a tremendous amount of control. And when I have control, now it's my choice as to what opportunity I want to take. Whereas before, I was, I, I was limited with the access I had, which then by default started chopping away opportunities from being things that I could move on. And so that's why, that's one of the other things that have really helped and propelled me forward is, you know, the implement implementation of this Nelson's, you know, concept and his sharing of this idea with us, you know, 2006 was when I said, Hey, 10 years from now, I want to be able to step away from my job. If I so choose to do what I want, when I want, well, 2016 came and went and I wasn't there, but I got connected with you guys again on this specific topic in like 2017 ish. And 2018 was when we finally got the right policy in place and started on that track. And three years later, I was able to retire. So you want to talk about a real, relatively short turn time from an implementation of a reasonably simple idea, but yet a game-changing idea. And now my life trajectory is totally different. What an amazing opportunity that created. Earn. What's your thoughts on this second point of opportunity and how Nelson changed your life and what it is created? Well, the, all in the, all in the vein of control is, is given me the opportunity to not put myself out of control, but to continue to gain control as it relates to my ability to finance the things that I need and 
to provide the opportunity for my hopeful future children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to finance 100% of their needs through their own system if they so choose. And Nelson Nash would say, what is it? I think he would boil it down. What is the ultimate opportunity is when you rid yourself from the snakes and the dragons. That's what he called the banks. (laughs) That's the bankers. That's those bankers, the snakes and the dragons. When you rid yourself from them, it creates a peaceful, stress-free way of life. And just compare that to what we're sensing right now, mid 2022. And we've, you know, we've talked, we've been talking about this, a lot of uncertainty and what Nelson was living in the later part of his life was a stress-free, peaceful way of life. That, that is an amazing opportunity that he afforded all of us. Um, <clears throat> what would you say, Russ, as an opportunity? I mean, I know you mentioned all the different businesses well, I, and things that have come, but anything else that kind of comes to mind? Well, I mean, Nelson was the OG land flipper, <laughs> right? I mean, read, read his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and you realize as a forester, the one thing he understood was land. And when he talks about doing deals and borrowing money and, and leveraging up early on, it was in the land industry. And I think that that gave me a lot of courage and interest in that and why when we, we got into that business, it made it so much easier for me to want to do it. So beyond like those type of things, what else would you add, Mark, and maybe from an opportunity standpoint that you've seen either yourself or other clients maybe that this is afforded through what Nelson shared with us? Well, we've got what two people I know of specifically that they've also retired their bosses. Um, my fiance is about to 50% retire her boss. Uh, she is now going to be in a position where she can cut her hours in half and we can still continue to live the life that we want to live. And so now all of a sudden there's more time that can be devoted to other areas and things that they, that, that everyone wants to do versus things that they feel they have to do. It's amazing. And and compare and contrast that with where we were before, right? The opportunity, the opportunity bucket was so limited guys. I cannot, I cannot overemphasize how little I thought about where money was going or what I could possibly do with it. And it was just this little speck. There was no thinking, there was no, um, there's no way out. And, And I feel like that's what we exist now to do is to continue that legacy that Nelson shared with us is that each of you, as you're listening to this show, has an opportunity to create freedom for yourself and for generations to come. And it can continue to be expanded and multiplied to others because of what Nelson did. I often think about if I was Nelson and I had discovered this and he shares in the book and in many times in person, how he would go and he would share this, this information with people and nobody would show up to his, his uh, conference or his, you know, where he was sharing this. 
He would have confirmed with people ahead of time and they told him, yes, Nelson, I'll be there. And nobody shows up. He shares how he went to um, the, the college that he went to in Georgia and went to them and tried to share this information with them. And they asked him for money. And he was like, you should be, you should be paying me for this information. And he kept hitting his head against the wall to share this radical idea, a simple idea, but one that would change people's lives. And nobody was hearing the message. I think about that, guys, and I think if that were me, would I have continued on the way Nelson did and like continue to put myself out there? Or would I have been like, you know what? I tried. Nobody's taking me up on this. I'm just going to build my own, you know, financial freedom kingdom here and people can kind of go about their way. Have you thought about that? Well, you think about that opportunity now leads to legacy, which is our third point, which is without pursuing on, we wouldn't, he would not have created the legacy probably that he did. We would not be here creating legacies for our own families, nor would many of you who are listening to this probably have taken that action. I mean, all of these things, you know, how we're expanding our mind, right? How are we expanding our mindset to think differently, to be willing to break out of the herd, to pursue something so crazy as entrepreneurship, which 93% of the world is not willing to do, scared to do, right? Stuck on the left side of the cash flow quadrant. Well, the opportunity that sat before us when we had access to cash forced us to do what? It forced us to learn new things. It forced us to get out of our comfort zone. It forced us to create a pool of money that was so big and will be so big that we can't spend it all, which then creates a legacy. And I think when I look at Nelson Ash and some of the things that you referred to us earlier, I remember when they shared their chart, they shared the, the number of generations that have been already impacted just in the Nash family because of what he created as the patriarch of that family, how it flowed down to his kids and to his grandkids and to his great grandkids. And now as those grandkids get to a stage in life where they start to have children of their own, do you not think that this system is going to be replicated? Has he not passed down the, the guide the instruction manual that helps them understand what to do, because that's usually where failure happens. We look at the Vanderbilt family, right? When Cornelius Vanderbilt died, his son took over and actually expanded the business, but died just a handful of years later. And the heirs who followed him, that guy's brother, built a lot of amazing things, (laughs) Right. There's a beautiful place, the Biltmore over in North Carolina, many other places that were built. They no longer own any of those things because all the money was depleted so quickly. Why? Because they didn't have the the guide, the instruction manual of how to do that. And I think legacy is when you can actually write something down and someone else can follow. We think about that in business. We think about, man, if I'm going to get myself out of the self-employed seat and create myself as a true business owner, I better have standard operating procedures that anyone can come in and follow. Well, think about that for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren we'll never meet. Are we building 
operating procedures? Are we building an instruction manual that they can follow? Are they going to have to have the same risk tolerance that we have? Are they going to have to have the same drive that we have? Are they going to have to have the same connections that we've had to get to where we are? Or are we going to be able to provide them something that they can follow and continue on? To me, that's legacy. That's what I watched Nelson do is that he was not about just giving them money. He was about teaching them the process and writing it down. That man wrote more things. Unfortunately, it wasn't all published in a place that everybody here gets access to. But he had, he created a, a monthly thing called Banknotes, and they're still put, posting it, and most of it is still content that he had written, and he was writing up to the week or two before he went into the hospital and never came out of so I think of legacy is when you have something like that, a podcast. My son Ryan and I are, are, are actually, we, we outline a podcast, and he and I are going to record it because that's a legacy. That's something that will live forever. He can go back and listen to that long after I'm gone if he wants to. What are you doing right now to create a legacy? That's my takeaway from this. What about you, Ern? Well, just to to build on on what I see from his life, it it seemed that he was so convinced of what the truth was as a as a, to his finances and and the control that he could have over the banking function in his his life. He was so uh, dialed into how true that was that he was willing to what we've talked about persevere and to toil and to struggle to make sure that everyone around him was brought to maturity in the same subject in his own family, in his Institute, his practitioners, his clients, it, it turned into something that he was willing to, to build his life on. It was, it was so important to him that he was willing to pass it down. And that doesn't happen by, by turning over responsibility of your finances to an advisor. That does not happen from refusing to learn these things. It happens from taking action and it all comes back to you have to be the one putting yourself in control. If you build a legacy that's positive, it's on purpose. And so for me, I, just these past couple of weeks, there's been a couple instances with Caroline where she's come back here to my office and we've paused and we've been talking about some concept in the Becoming Your Own Banker book. So we talked about headwinds and tailwinds last week, just from the book, because I want to make sure that, that the education doesn't stop here, that we continue to understand these things in our family so that when I'm gone, these things can be passed on in my family. Mark, what about you? Yeah, the trajectory of my life is completely different after Nelson's groundwork. And the, the evolution of always trying to rethink things. Uh, our passive income mastermind retreat uh, the other week was a phenomenal example of that, of just being around other people, hearing different ideas, people that are all moving in, the, in similar directions. And now my mind is moving into, okay, how can I make what was a problem or a challenge? How can I turn that into an opportunity? And how can I turn that opportunity to benefit not just me, but actually transcend and bring other people up with me, right? A, a rising tide lifts all shifts. And so 
like I'm starting to see different ways to approach what used to be problems as now, you know, challenges and opportunities because what was going to be a challenge for me is now an opportunity for other people to benefit as well. And so I am super grateful for that. And I'm really grateful to be able to, you know, meet with as many people as I do and share this with them and help them understand, Hey, is this a fit for me? Is it something that can help? And if it is fantastic, here's how you can do it. And this is what it can look like. And to see a lot of people that I've worked with now in their, you know, first, second or third year, right? They're, they're now starting to mature through the process that they've created and seeing the wins that they're coming up with. Uh, that is unbelievably rewarding. Russ, I, I think back to being at Nelson's funeral. And to me, that is a, that is a culmination of all the little things that we picked up along the way with Nelson and it was great to see the sea of people that showed up, right? From all different walks of life, um, they, they talked about a lot of the things that we already knew about Nelson, um, but they also shared things like, you know, stories of how he, when he was raising their, their children and thoughtful things like how they did projects together. I remember them saying about the chimney um, in their house that they hand built from rocks that he would go and pick up on the side of the road <laughs> and bring home. And to me, that was a picture of kind of what it takes to have a legacy is to, as you go, to take things with you and build them up slowly over time. It's not a legacy is not very quickly built. Hmm. It's slow and steady and it is consistent. Um, people will look to you and respect you if you have that long-term effect on them. It's not something that you're just coming in like the wind and then you're gone. Um, so anyways, those are some things. I remember one other thing I'll share that was really impactful to me about a legacy with Nelson is his foresight for so many things. And one of the times he came in, he said, yeah, um, I don't know if you guys are interested, but I'd love to show you our, my plan. I'm, I'm, I'm helping my wife to train to be a widow. And I remember thinking, number one, I've never heard anybody ever say that <laughs> in my life. And number two, how in the world is he doing that? Right. But to, for him to then show us how he's laid out, how she will be taken care of, how she will be able to pay the bills, how this policy will pay off. And this is what will happen. And these other policies we've given away to these people. And this is something else. This, this income stream that I created over here will continue on. Like it was an amazing plan, but it was super simple. And it was all with the thoughtfulness of beating his wife to the need that she would have. And those are things that I just, I, those are really impactful to me because it's, it's missing from today. Most people in general are not thoughtful and they don't have that foresight. And, and those are things that I, as you said early on, Ernie, I would love to be use as my model to become. 
and then pass on to my children and so on. So uh, anyway, the will, legacy is is far reaching for me. I feel like we're just scratching the surface for this with Nelson, but those are just some thoughts that I remember. Yeah, I, I challenge you right now as you hear this, what are you doing to be remembered? What are you doing that's really going to be something that someone would want to remember? There's so much opportunity here. There's so much ways for us to think about expanding our minds, expanding the opportunities so that we can have a legacy that's worth being remembered. We obviously went long on this podcast because it's something we're passionate about as someone who impacted our life so well. And normally I'd go around, I'd get everyone's final thought. I won't do that today because I think you guys all nailed it. Even you, Stallion. Even me. Thank Amazing. You. I, I, I love the visualization of the stacking the stones and how that took time and how it takes time to build a legacy. Well done, sir. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you found value, please take time to rate, review it, share it with somebody else. If you have not already scheduled a one-on-one call with one of these coaches to determine whether or not infinite banking is something you should be building your legacy off of as the foundation for everything else, go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash free call and you can do it. As always, thank you for listening. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.